Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Three in a Row, the football podcast where three lads who love the game give our candid opinions on all things related. My name is Tokwe Babalola and I'm joined by your faves. Hey guys, Damola here. Hi guys, I'm Ifatu. Welcome to season two of Three in a Row. Yes, sir. Sometimes our takes are wild, sometimes they're controversial, but they're always honest and we've got some common sense. So yeah, let's get you. it. How are we doing today? How was your weekend, Engineer Demo? Uh, weekend, you know, Arsenal won, so that was a plus, but what they did to my boy, Lewis Hamilton, yesterday still still hurts, man. But, you know, we, we move or we rise, as he says. But <laughs> yeah. I, really, I really wish he went slow yesterday. He, he's, he's a much better man than I am. As in, I wanted him to vex for Verstappen, to be honest, like just for some grammar. Um, but realistically, Lewis Hamilton is, is a graceful man. He was never going to do that. He will always accept defeat gracefully. For those who don't know what we're talking about, like if I had to, um, Sunday mm. was a massive day for Formula One. You know, it was like the, the final race day of the year and the, the Drivers and Constructors Championship came down to one race. Lewis Hamilton versus um, Max Verstappen. And... Uh, to use a football analogy, ultimately, Lewis was 3-0 up with two minutes to go of added time. I saw this in a meme, by the way, guys. <laughs> it was 3-0 up with two minutes to go and added time, and then the referee said, next goal wins, and then Max Verstappen scored the next goal. And that's how he managed to win the, the championship from Lewis Hamilton. So, um, <clears throat> as That analogy is close, but what they did is even worse than that. <laughs> like, it's... Boy, it's... Yeah. I, I hope Mercedes take it all the way to the court of arbitration. But they didn't try, know. but I mean, we all know we all know sports, yeah. And I'm sure even if I can comment on this, they have given Max Verstappen the title. You know, he's been serenaded or he's been crowned or whatever. He's been on stage. All the physical celebration has happened. They're not going to strip that guy of a title, never. I I think it, it depends. If it goes to the court of arbitration, right? Because right now it may just seem if it's just an FIA appeal, mm-hmm. like the person that cheated, you're asking him to mark his scripts. Obviously, he yeah, won't say he exactly. cheated. Yeah. <laughs> so, if it's just an FIA appeal, I don't think it's going anywhere. But if it goes to the court of arbitration, it's the thing with the court of arbitration is is a longer battle because it's a legal court. It's like Literally, the thing um, City did when UEFA tried to fake ban them for like two years, and City was like, "Yeah, we'll die in court on this thing." So, because of that, Mercedes may just be like, "It's an expensive legal battle. We don't want to do three months on it." I just think, as a sort of precedence, it's necessary because that bull they pulled yesterday it cannot ever fly. Yo, somebody said like. It's Netflix's fault, and I felt that. Yep, I get that too. You said the Netflix director was in the Netflix guys are in the ears of the FIA director, Michael, whatever his name is. Then better, he, he should be let it happen. Um, so they did something unprecedented. Um, and of course, Red Bull was in an advantageous position after the tire change and blah blah blah. And anyway, shy guys, sports can be unfair sometimes. But congratulations to Michael Verstappen. If you look at it that way, like young champion, he deserves it. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's. I think, and that's the sad thing. Max has been fantastic this season. So, exactly. un- unfortunately, saying like, look, the FIA cheated and they need to correct it. 
mm-hmm. it's not the same as saying Max did not have a fantastic season. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's just Hamilton was better on the day. On the title, they said that he was better. He was dominant. And we all knew Hamilton was going to be better on that day. That's what annoyed everyone, I think, the most. It's like Hamilton came and did his thing, <laughs> you know, and then he was robbed. <laughs> yeah, it just means next year, man. Oh, Hamilton. This season I had like that, Max. Oh, I want Max to do well too. Next season he must be obliterated. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. I said he needs to clear. Um, but sorry about that segue, guys, for those that weren't interested. Um, we're gonna get back to the football right away. Uh it's been anyway, from an Arsenal fan perspective, it's been a very interesting two weeks since we last recorded. Um Last time I checked, everything was rosy. We were going in for top four. <laughs> um, but then we were also about to face United, and we all know what happened after that. Um, but today we're going to start with, with the UCL draw um, because the, the run of 16 and upwards were, were drawn today uh, with a little bit of controversy because, first of all, UEFA made a mistake. Um, that meant they had to redraw. Uh, mistake in quotes. Mistake in quotes. Mistake, no. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. <laughs> do you think they would do that on purpose? What makes you say that? Uh, I'll put it this way. It's it's one of those things where people who have a financial interest in a sport going in a certain direction are also responsible for judging the sport. UEFA have a financial interest in making sure the knockout rounds are very glamorous you know you get the stars um uh, financially viable exactly financially viable <laughs> thank you Fatu. thank you for that english financially viable and we've all know the rumors of hot ball cold ball um and it just looks like you know what they messed up and they didn't do it well hence they need to redo it yeah i mean i i don't know it's possible anything is possible nothing will surprise me but I just don't understand what I wouldn't be able to understand and what is like the logic um, behind setting it up, you know? Like, is that mistake built in? Do they have that kind of mistake built into every draw? So just in case they can say, ah, well, actually, realistically, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, this is how things landed. PSG Madrid is the biggest game of the, <clears throat> of the draw. Um, other interesting ones are Atletico United, I would say, and then Inter versus Liverpool. Um, Sporting City, I heard somebody say Sporting was going to win City in the group chat. I don't know what that was about. Guys, should we, should we like make predictions? <laughs> should we make predictions game by game and perhaps talk about who's going to go all the way? Um, or would you like to take this another way? Um, let's say what we think will be the upset of the draw. Okay. Um, for me, upset of the draw, I'm looking at Villarreal versus Juventus. Something for Villarreal to um, to win there. Although I'm not sure how much of an upset it will be given Juventus. Uh, exactly. On form, but they were unbeaten. I, um, or not unbeaten. They were they topped their group. Yes, the one with Chelsea. Because Chelsea buckled versus Zenit. I actually think the upsets will be Inter beating Liverpool. And this is my logic. That is February 16th when the draws are starting off. Um, Salah, Mani and them would just be getting back from AFCON. But they'll be back. 
They'll be back, or they should be back, technically. Um, I need to What's the scenario? Senegal versus Egypt final? Yeah, if we get Senegal versus Egypt <laughs> final, then they are both probably not going to be... They're probably going to need some rest or even maybe quarantine for those games because of our good friend Omicron. Well, they need, they would they shouldn't need rest. Um, uh, well, but they'll probably need quarantine. Yeah. So, I think Inter may do enough damage in that first leg, where it's too steep of a hill for Liverpool in the second leg. I really just don't think mm-hmm. it's, it's good enough. I think football has reached a place where at this point in time, the predictable teams will win. I mean, there's always one surprise, I get it, but like... Yeah. And I think Inter will be Liverpool. that surprise. At the end of the day, at top of Syria... Not against Liverpool, not against the best team in Europe or the third best team in Europe, let's say. Yeah, but they'll possibly be missing three of their best players. Mm. Does that you include Matip, I guess? Matip, Salah, Saleh? Well, Matip doesn't represent Cameroon, so even him, he's not mm. going to be there. But more um, Salah... Eta? Yes, exactly. Salah, Mane, Keita. Keita, that's kind to him, but I, I respect that. Uh, what have Inter done, though? Like, who do they have? Inter are playing good football in Syria, despite yeah. losing key people. Yeah, and I know they're top of the league right now. Exactly. It's, I'm telling you, man, that's, that's personally one to watch out for. I was going to say Lil, but I think Chelsea should be out of their crisis or mini-crisis by then. then yeah, surely. If Chelsea can get two rounds, especially. That's my own upset. Lil versus Chelsea. You really because think? I think everyone everyone thinks uh, the, the draw was so kind to Chelsea, especially because they did it twice and, and Chelsea got Lille both, th- uh, both times. Um, but Lille are playing really well. Lille are competing on all levels. When, I mean, Lille tops, you know, their, their group. Yeah. The Canadian striker, Jonathan, looking like he's going to become a world beater in time. So if Chelsea are, you know, are still struggling with their attacking issues, you know, with Lukaku and um, Vena and how to play up front, you know, and, you know, their defense, their wing backs supporting their strikers. I don't know what Chelsea are doing, honestly speaking. (laughs) And I think that if they don't sort it out, they don't sort it out by February. And there is just an iota of, you know, underwritten Leo, then I think they are going to be in trouble. I would feel more confident about that if that was Ajax instead of Leo. Yeah, because Ajax have been the best team in the um, tournament yeah. this whole time. They've been easily like the... They have the best player of the tournament, Sebastian Halle. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say the best player? Yeah, of the <laughs> tournament so far, of the group stage, Sebastian Halle has been the best player so far. He's been the highest goal scorer. He's been the highest goal scorer. I don't know about the best player, bro. Who has been a better player in the group stage? I don't know, but I'm not giving Halle. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Salah. Okay, but Salah. That one might be onto something, but it's just I just feel like it's coming too soon at me. Holla, the best player in the, in the Champions League so after far. what he did at West Ham. <laughs> Interesting. I can't wrap my head around it. No, 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 but you need to speed that now. That's Premier League bias, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what Tadic did after he left. Um, was it not the same? Southampton. Yeah. Tadic played yeah. in the semi final, almost reaching the final, if not for Lucas Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's interesting that we've picked three different ones. At least, hopefully, one of our predictions will bank. Although, what I'm saying is that likely none of them will. It's Juventus that I think um, are the most likely to disappoint. Because In fact, to be honest, I'm, I I don't say I feel like Villarreal will win that title. Because Emery... I feel like Emery, despite his many faults, you give him players that will do whatever he says they should do. Mm-hmm. Just enough quality. Over Make a decent two, team. Yeah, exactly. Over two legs, he can create tactics for one team. And that's yeah. what they're giving him. They're giving him yeah. time to create tactics for one team. So, I just see, I really see Emery beating Juventus, man. I just really do. Um, but if I too, as a United fan, I wanted to ask you what you think on um, Atletico Madrid versus Manchester United. Any chance? Oh, definitely. There's a chance. Of course, there's a chance. We have Cristiano Ronaldo and, you know, you know his history with Atletico Madrid. Um, I was a bit... Um, skeptical about this fixture, you know, but then I would say it's a kind of fixture as compared to the initial one versus PSG. I think I would prefer to play at Atletico in their current situation um, than face PSG. Um, we all know how many times Cristiano Ronaldo has been involved in knocking out Atletico Madrid from the Champions League. I think um, doing it one more time will not be. Sorry? I said countless. Exactly. So I feel like doing it one more time will not be a surprise to anybody. I expect, I actually expect us to knock Atletico Madrid out, and that will be reflected in the bookies making Man United favorites. So we're expected to knock them out. I also agree with that. Um, and it's less because I think United is a better team, or actually, I think Atletico will be better because their injury issues with their center backs should be over by then. Yeah, but it's just. Wrong. It's just the way Simeone sets up his team. Simeone is the king of Haram football. Like Mourinho at a point used to be like great at it, but Simeone's teams would do that to a <laughs> team. Like everybody would die for to execute that plan. But because they are such a low, like generally their style of play is meant to limit the opposition more than maximize their attack. It just means United probably in a position where they need one goal to win any game. And I trust Ronaldo. If there's one thing Ronaldo is good at, is finishing. The other parts of the attacking, he may be missing, but that finishing, he still has it on lock. So, yeah, I think United mm. will go through that one. I just don't see United scoring an away goal. At, like, you know, at the Atletico. I don't think away goals, do away goals still count in the Champions League? Yep. I thought they scrapped that at some yeah. point. They thought about it, but... They did. But no, they, they didn't get rid of it. I just don't see United being uh, good enough to, you know, score at Mr. And if they should accidentally concede, you know. Yeah, right? I mean, I'll, I'll definitely be, I'll definitely be well of Suarez and Jao Felix. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I know that Alessio Madrid have yeah. quality to get. You no, know, and Llorente and Coke. Don't forget Griezmann. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Griezmann is back at Atletico. Yeah, I'm actually stressed. Like, if you consider that, if you consider, if you consider Griezmann, Suarez, Jao Felix, even Lorente, and then you consider this, you know, the way Man United have, I mean, been defending, you know, since this season started, really. I mean, obviously, I know that since Ragnik came in, or rather since Oli left, uh, we've been better with the clean sheets, we've been tighter defensively for some reason. 
Um, but I think that's been more down to David Ahir's um, heroic saves every, you know, every now and then. Um, if our defense are not on it, then people like Suarez and Felix would have a field day against Man United, whether it's Old Trafford or Atletico Madrid Stadium. It but will not matter. I, I get what you're saying with that, but again, I feel this is one of those ones where styles... Yeah, the start of play might fuck him up. <clears throat> exactly. Because, right, it's... Every time... Think mm. of, like, most teams that play Atletico, like Liverpool, very attacking, direct football. Atletico yes. are good at knowing how to sit deep, knowing how to counter, being organized to a T. United is going to give Atletico more of the ball than they are used to. Which means they will need to make a very conscious decision to attack efficiently, while yes. also somehow properly trying to prevent the counter attack. But don't you we think? All know if Rashford and Sancho get you on the counter attack, it's it's all over. Ronaldo tap it in. I I, so, I think all of these are valid points, but also I think somebody like Ralph Ragnick is the exact kind of person that Simeone wants to face. Somebody who tries to have total control of you know the football. Um, beyond just you know creating attacking moments to score or counter-attacking or whatever the case may be, which is why I think United can have all the possession, they can play nice football, but they're not going to be able to break these guys down in the game. Um, but yeah, let's see. Let's talk about um, <clears throat> PSG versus Real Madrid. This is the big one. This is one where if you're a bad guy, you, know, you get it right. As a this is actually the one tie. I'm not sure how it took go. Oh, really? So, for PS. No. no Bro, Madrid are knocking them out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my initial instinct, right? Madrid. Because they are a better team in general. And yeah? the key parts, PSG's... Hold on, let me learn. As a holistic team, not individual players. As a holistic team. Madrid has a better 11 on the pitch like as a team than PSG. PSG has like, oh, those moments of magic. They have the better players. They have Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, where the talent is oozing through the roof. You know if there's a moment of magic necessary, they can break it up. But the key problem is PSG doesn't have any balance with that. And that's because of their midfield. And Madrid still somehow has Cruz, Modric and Casemiro playing as if they're in their 20s. Yep. That's that's why I'm like that midfield battle will probably be the deciding factor and Madrid has it. So I lean Madrid, but again, the moment of magic is like Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, anything can happen. So that's why that's actually the one tie here I'm not even very confident about. Very interesting. I mean, <clears throat> personally, if I to get your take last on this, personally, for me, PSG are winning the tournament. Period. They're giving me <laughs> <laughs> they're giving me Champions League winners vibes. You know when you start slowly in a, a tournament competition and you slowly begin to build momentum. Sorry, slowly begin to build momentum, build momentum up until the final where you have your peak performance. I think that's what we're seeing from PSG. We're seeing a team that is slowly starting to gel together. Um, and I think they'll be too strong for Madrid. I honestly do. Just like when um, they knocked Bayern out last year. I think if they could do that to Bayern, um, and considering what Chelsea did to Madrid, if I'm just kind of going off last season a little bit, um, PSG are going to have a, a, a dub over two legs here. 
two victories, in fact. Um, yeah, quite- but different coaches, man. And again, one key thing last year that Madrid didn't have against Chelsea is Vinicius playing like a man on a mission. Man stopped perming his hair. He, uh, he embraced his African black hair and he's been playing <laughs> fantastically, man. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's actually... Vinicius is so good. Like... He, he is. is he, no longer he is. Yes, left back is also now super highly rated. That's um, that Mendes. Mendy. Uh, oh, um, PSG or Madrid? Yeah. No, no, no. Um, PSG. His name is something Mendes. Bruno Mendes. Like Yo, I'm not even gonna lie, man. The only the only right back I'm taking over that like one on one against Vinicius right now. The only right back I'm taking Bruno is Mendes. Kyle Walker. Nope, Kyle Walker. No, I was saying that was his name. The only right back you'll take... Well, Vinicius is on the left as well, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So, oh. he'll be facing Hakimi. Oh, Hakimi is great going forward, but defending-wise, I'm not sure he can keep up with Vinicius, man, the way Vinicius is currently playing. See, you didn't even say uh, Rich James, who I would easily take over Kyle Walker at the moment. Nope. nope. Walker is the only person I think can handle Vinicius. That's the Champions League winner, Champions League dominator. I'm surprised that this confidence in Kyle Walker, I don't generally share it, but... <laughs> Kawaka is a good player, but yeah, I don't. If I to who do you think? Kawaka, think Madrid. Um, yes, I am leaning more towards Madrid, even though I can share. I share Damola's sentiments that you know it's a game where anything is possible. You know, you don't know what way it could go. Uh, but I'm leaning more towards. I'm leaning more towards Madrid. Um, just because of how they've been able to integrate um, under Ancelotti. Uh, Real Madrid, I think they've had something like 10 straight wins in a row. Uh, as at this moment, they've won their last 10 games. They've won their last 12 and 13 games. Really? They are not a team that are easily... Yes, they are not a team that are easily beaten. You know, they are knocking out... or They are, they are beating... In, I think they just beat Atletico 2-0 in, in the La Liga. You know, all the seemingly difficult matchups that they've had, they've sort of come out on top. Um, and I'm actually quite impressed with what Ancelotti has been able to do with uh, the likes of Vinicius, Benzema, and even Modric in midfield. Modric is playing like he's, he's a teenager. Um, so just going off that, I am leaning more towards Madrid um, outperforming a PSG team that are not cohesive. You know, they just have individual brilliance in Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi. Um, very inconsistent at times. Very inconsistent goals. Um, you don't think like Verratti and um, Sergio Ramos and Kimpembe are also individually brilliant? It's not necessarily that. It's more time to gel. Like Madrid has been very consistent in what they're doing because for the most part, all those players have been there, right? The players who haven't been there, they've had time to properly integrate them. So because... I remember they started the season with a midfield three of Valverde, Casemiro, and I can't remember who the third person was. I occasionally Camavinga. Sorry, who? Camavinga. Yeah, Camavinga. Um, so that three, when Modric and Cruz were either not fit or not playing for some reason, they somehow weathered the storm, right? And now Modric and Cruz are playing. And that trio with Casemiro is probably the best three midfielders. Not against uh, Chelsea last season, they weren't. <clears throat> okay, but see, that's the thing. The game against Chelsea wasn't lost because Madrid could not control the game. It was 
they were highly dependent on Benzema's magic in the final third. And he tried, but he just, he couldn't carry them alone. This season, they don't have that problem. I'm telling you, man. Let's teach about there's time between now and February. A lot can happen. But I lean Madrid, but I can't rule out that individual brilliance. If I had to put money on somebody, I'm putting it on Madrid. Wow. Thank God you're not putting money on this. And yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> Bro, Modric is 36 years old. I don't believe that. (laughs) He's he's 36 years old, you know. That's insane. Wow. I I think Poch is going to click in like a stupid way, man. I just see it happening. I just see it. So in, in a sort of weird way, I think if... Everybody is fit except Neymar because Neymar is still injured. If by the tie there's no Neymar, I weirdly feel... Actually, yeah, I actually think that's advantage PSG because he Poch, Poch is forced to balance the team out. I agree, but like I, I, I can't, I couldn't agree more. I think <clears throat> kick Neymar out of that team and let uh, Messi and Mbappe do their thing with like supporting cast of the likes of Di Maria. Yeah, like right. you put Di Maria, Verratti, um, Idrissa Gay with like a proper balanced team. I think then then it's true. Like okay, I lean more PSG, right? Because Mbappe is also moving mad right now. Yeah, please. I want you guys to pull this man up on the receipts for when it's said and done. Just know that the the voice of reason was here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not running away. I'm I'm still team Big Bend, yes, so I choose Madrid yeah. all, all the way. Ma- Madrid to beat PSG. And Madrid to go all the way. Just... Uh semi final. Okay. Um, who do you think is going to go all the way? Who do I think is going to be in the final? Um, so when we had last book, I was heavy Chelsea, but. Yeah. These last two weeks have opened my eyes to some of the flaws, man. Carrick, Michael Carrick gave everybody the blueprint for Chelsea and everybody is exploiting it. Um, so I'm not happy with Chelsea anymore. I think I think three semi-finalists, actually, I know my four semi-finalists are Madrid, City, Liverpool and Bayern. One of those four teams will win. Liverpool and Bayern. Okay. Uh, so, okay. That is if my Inter upset does not happen. Okay. There, there, there's a lot of like... I know it's variables. Okay, yeah. now. That's a strong one, but we'll, we'll see. Um, if I, tell, I I feel like you might not want to make a prediction so early, but I'm going to ask you to do so anyway. No, so I just had a quick think about it. And I can't look past Manchester City. They have a chip on their shoulder. Um, they have something to prove. Um, this is a quiet pep. City have done what they what you know, they've done what they need to do in the Champions League. They are playing against Sporting, who have a promising manager, a nice young team. Um, but ultimately, they're not going to cut it against a, a team like Manchester City. And I'm, I mean, I, I you know how I tend to think that the Premier League is the strongest of the European top five leagues. And so I'm over. I'm over. Real League team gets into that final. So um, 
just based off the draws we've gotten today, I would say Manchester City, Liverpool, if they're able to sort out Salah and Mane by the time AFCON is done. Um, but yeah, Liverpool, Manchester City, those are the guys that should be in and around the finals for me. I think that would be a great final, man. To have Liverpool, Man City again, but in the Champions League final, that would be epic. Epic. I would... Uh, I would actually really like to see that. Yeah, I would actually... Like, where's the final this year? I would I would pay money to see that. Like, a lot of money. See that. If anybody wants to sponsor 3 Nero to come and wear the Champions League final, we are open. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we got to put that out there. We are open... <laughs> For three in a row. That was shooting his shots. Right live. We will be there. I will take time off work. We will be there. Right. Damola, let's let's talk about some partnerships that I've been working on uh, off camera. Perhaps uh, <laughs> something we can do there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we should move on to some, some bits of news. Uh, the madness that has been occurring in the world of football over the last, you know, 14 days. Um where do I want to start? Maybe with my boy Jude Bellingham. It's not much to talk about, I guess, but the story is like after the, the Bayern loss to Borussia Dortmund, of which there were some questionable decisions made by the referee, um, particularly a penalty that I believe wasn't given to Dortmund that really should have been given. The penalty really should have been given. Um, Jude Bellingham basically came out to the media and said, um, like, what do you expect when you um, appoint a referee who has been accused of match fixing before to, you know, referee the biggest game of the season? Um, and he got fined for saying that. Uh, I found that really upsetting because I feel like the censorship in the game is just too much. There's too much censorship. Players are not allowed to do anything. The only thing they can say after um a post-match game is uh oh yeah we played well we didn't play well uh, like all the regular shit you know i'm thankful for my team blah 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 we'll go again next time um did you guys have any thoughts on this yeah i personally think it's sad um it removes the personality individuality uh from the game you want people to be able to express their concerns express their feelings in the most um genuine straightforward way that they, they can and it just makes it a bit robotic if you're always going to find somebody for, you know, saying something that's a little bit out of place. Um, granted, it's not usual or it's not every day we hear, you know, allegations like the one that Jude Bellingham made against uh, the German referee. So casually. Um, yeah, but, but it's not baseless. I mean, the guy um, was, you know, um, indicted for match fixing sometime in 2005. You know, and even though that's many years ago, you know, you can change. Uh, I don't know. You cannot change the Lopez spots. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he, the, the, the kid has a point. He's a 20-year-old, impressionable young man who, ha- who feels hard done by. You know, they did not give him a penalty that, that they deserved, that Dortmund could have easily gotten and would have probably changed the course of the game. And then they go on the other end and they give Bayern a, a somewhat suspicious the penalty. The officiating yeah. in that game was trash. Guys, I was, yeah. I was so happy when I saw Jude make those comments because I was like, yes. So, <laughs> so a lot of times, right, especially like black athletes in general, there's a sort of like, oh, when they go low, we go high. No, we go to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jude legit and, and here's the thing though I I get like 
the German FA being like, oh, we can't allow people to make those type of comments about our referees. So I get the need why the German FA felt like they had to find him. But I want more players to also be able to say things like this. And it's not as if he said anything that wasn't true. The referee was actually involved in Germany's match um, fixing scandal just before the start of the World Cup in 2006. Albeit he wasn't the major player, which is why I think he only got like a six-month temporary ban or something, and he is able to ref again. But Jude wasn't wrong. So while I get the German FA being like, we got to protect our refs, I get Jude being like, no, this was dubious calls. You shouldn't put this ref in our games. Yes, you probably should not have. You know, not in such a big game, not in such an important game. Exactly. Oh, yeah, there we have it. As, as you were saying, um, if I said the other time, I was double that said that you can't, um, on the FIA, as in the person that fucked up, you're asking them to mark their own results. Of course, they have to defend their decision and, like, you know, clamp down on the poor boy. But yeah, I didn't think that was cool. And another sad news Otamendi was um, assaulted recently. Uh, him and his wife were tied up, robbed at home. Um, and the violence against players just seems to be increasing more and more recently. And I don't really know what to say to them, except if you're a footballer, you might want to up your security or um, consider, like, be more... I don't want to say more cautious about your movement because that sounds it's, unfair. I don't even know what it is, though. I think... Yeah, it sounds like victim blaming. Is, yeah, it, no, I can't say it's... I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying... Clearly, people are following you guys from training all the way home. You know what I mean? Scouting out their locations, all these kinds of things. Um, so more care should be taken in order to protect these players. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think this is like obviously like not a direct cause, but generally it feels like players now are more accessible than ever before. And like you know people don't understand boundaries right because it's actually ridiculous there's been this Otamendion. there was the one earlier with uh, gabriel from Arno. nobody can forget the ozil and colas in our own marquinho and di maria had their own too yeah. so it's like fam we can be fans of football but please remember these athletes are also human beings man allow them have their privacy and you know, stop, please stop robbing the athletes. Do you want do you want your star player not to be able to play because he has mental health issues from obviously he wasn't a fan of that of his, of Benfica? I was a like, sporting fan. Can't... Um yeah, no, but this is fans in general, like whether you're a fan, whether you're not a fan, it's like yo, human decency, man. We know shit is hard out in this world, but robbery is not the solution. Um, although thinking about it now, in they were said to actually have tied Amendi's. Sorry, go on, go on. Hello. No, I was saying that they tied Otamendi's neck with a belt. Extreme. Um, in front of his wife and his child. Yeah, and just all because they were trying to extort the family for money. Uh, mm-hmm. So these were no fans at all of of Benfica. Okay. Awful and yeah, it's just sad. Yeah. That's and that's what I was gonna say. It had me thinking actually, realistically, in a lot of these cities, 
rich people in general just get robbed all the time. I know that sounds really bad, but like rich people do be getting robbed all the time. And these are just one or two footballers in a sea of you know thousands of them or whatever the case may be. So maybe they are just isolated incidents and we should just take them uh, you know, at face value. Uh, robberies are probably less in the game because they have better security than the average, you know, rich person within that town or whatever. But that is something to consider as well. It's just, you know, robbers being robbers. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> thoughts and prayers to, to Nicholas and, and his family. Um, let's move on to, to talk about some Premier League. Uh, and... Where do you guys want us to start? <laughs> there's Tottenham and COVID. There's uh, Arsenal and Oba. Um, there's Chelsea. Uh, we can start with COVID because I actually think going into the holiday prem um, part of the season, we may see more and more teams being affected because of COVID outbreaks. Like, cause I think Tottenham is the worst hit, but yeah. there was recently news of United having an outbreak. Yeah, apparently um, so they're trying to postpone the, the game tomorrow, right? We're recording this on a Monday. Um, by, this, by the time this is out, I'm sure United would have played Brentford or be playing Brentford. Is uh, it Brentford or Brighton? It's, 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 it's Brentford. I know because I have tickets. Uh, ah, gotcha, gotcha. Then United man are trying to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not their fault, man. It's, uh, no, 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 bro. That fast. game, unless, unless Ronaldo has COVID, that game must go on. <laughs> like, period. And even if Bernardo has COVID, they should bring him out inside a clear box to come and sit down at least. So uh, but I actually think this won't be like this is something we're probably gonna see for the next month or two with um teams because you know Omicron is no joke, unfortunately. And you know, we wish everybody health and safety, but Tottenham is hit. I'll put it this way. Why is it always Tottenham? I'll put it this way. I think it's less that it's Tottenham. And generally, these are things hitting society in general, right? Yes. Cases in the UK are on the rise. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we forget football is a part of society. Yeah. Or we almost think it's kids, a, they have wives, they have like things they can't exactly. Control. We almost think it's like exempt from some of the stuff happening. Yes. And this is just another reminder that actually no. So like Spurs being hit, United being hit. I know Brighton had a couple, either one or two people, but they said they should still be good for their game. Arsenal, I, Arsenal recently, remember in the beginning of the season, we had that problem in our first game. We had five players out due yep. to COVID and they forced us to play. I don't can hear shit. United has to play this game. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so United don't even have, um, for example, they did a test on all the players that played the last match versus Norwich and they all tested negative. Okay. Um, so it's not amongst any of the actual first team players. And I think this thing is actually a scare. It's, it came from Norwich, actually. So Norwich played Tottenham, where Tottenham beat them 3 0. And obviously, when Tottenham had the whole COVID outbreak thing, people now started looking, looking into Norwich, you know. You, uh, and Norwich actually had some tests done and there were some positives. So there was a bit of a COVID scare at Norwich. And now United have just come off, you know, playing Norwich. And I think that coincided with the time that Norwich results came out. Okay. So I think this is all just a scare. And I personally think that the game is going to go on, you know. I personally think that it better go on um, mm. for the sake of your ticket stopper, yeah. if not for anything. 
Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But um, I, I am pretty sure um, everything is going to go on normally. Okay, that's that's good to hear. That's reassuring. Um, and if, even if they do have cases, I think Premier League needs to set like clearer rules. How many players, how many first-team players need to be out before a game is cancelled? I believe Tottenham was like six first-team players and then five members of backroom staff in total, something like that. Um, mm. So the cases were quite significant there, but still, like I would like some clarity on it because it's not as an Arsenal fan right now. I feel a bit hard done by if they keep cancelling all the other games. I know society is obviously going through something a lot more different than what it was back then, but um, still, like they're not excuse me, they're not going to give us our points back. So um, I don't know if that's fair. But yeah, let's watch this. Uh, and the schedules. The schedules get really congested. Tottenham are in trouble, for example. They have to play a game versus Rennes uh, in the Europa League, I mean, the Europa Conference, Conference League. League. Yes. And um, the, the rules say that they must play that game before the 31st of December, for example, this year. You know, and obviously we know that they cancelled Tottenham's um, recent Premier League game. So it, it's now a battle against time. Premier League games cancelled one. Anyway, another news in the Prem. Uh, everybody else kept winning. So it was one of those weeks where top three actually managed to scrape points. The only thing I want to say about those three victories for City, Liverpool and Chelsea, they all involved dubious penalties being awarded. Is there a bias towards the big teams and like penalty decisions in the Premier League? I think that's something we all need to look out for because even United's game had another dubious penalty decision that in my opinion, you know, was not a penalty. That was a bullshit penalty for Ronaldo. Dubious. Relax, fam. They did VR. They did VR. They did VR, VR and they gave right. the penalties. Yeah, no, allow it. It was a penalty. Last season, that it's still normal people that are watching this VR happy. Cha, watch this space. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> then there's something up there. Um, Prem is going to be real interesting in December. I think City are going to pull away from the other two. Because they've been here before, they've done that before. And then once Liverpool lose Saleh and Mana, <laughs> Mana, Mane, <laughs> there's going to be problems. Um, and also the top four race is looking very, very interesting there with it, like West Ham, United, Arsenal and Tottenham and Leicester to some degree as well, all chasing it. Leicester seem to be catching form. I'm, I'm sad as we down my boy Kilichi, but um, they did have a very... Bad, like you know, loss in the Europa League um, to Napoli. Yeah, very disappointing. I think we give, in Prem they've been pretty. Or let me not say in Prem they've been decent. Madison has been decent. And okay. my fantasy cares about James Madison. Continue what you're doing, James. Guys, I, I want <laughs> Brendan Rogers off that like Leicester City job for my boy Kelechi. Because I don't understand. I don't understand what this guy does in training. That's so bad. Kelechi has a COVID-19, this thing, you know, that's why he, he wasn't in a match um, match day lineup. He, he has COVID-19? Uh, I don't know whether he has it as such, but like there's a scare. There were a lot of players that had the COVID scare and they were not like included in the match day squad. Moving on serious, like the Tottenham players, fam. You never hear them say Ronaldo has COVID or Messi. <laughs> <laughs> but you hear Tongi in Dombele has COVID. <laughs> has, you hear Dele Ali has COVID. The guys yes, are... Uh, 
know what I'm saying? Those ones, they're there. And it, me personally, as I live in this London, I know the lifestyle that these footballers live. Um, and they still be out, out at this point in time because the clubs are open and so are they, including the Arsenal players. Yes, that's right, guys. <laughs> I'm aware of what you did two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I'm, I'm interested in Arsenal talk, Abeg. What's, what's happening with Aubameyang and your manager? First of all, Aubameyang is finished as a footballer. Um, no, let's not do that. Fans. We do it a lot, yes, that. but Damola, let's do it. Abameyang is done. I will say that. No, no, no. I will say we need to get a new number nine. That's like a Absolutely. very top number yes. nine. It's 100% our priority for next summer, and I believe we'll do it. I think we're going to go for the guy in um in Leo, the Canadian, Jonathan David, right? <clears throat> is he? Well, I haven't seen him enough, but is he that good? I haven't seen. I know him. his numbers look spectacular, but I've only really heard people talk about how he's good. So I'm gonna go off that hype to say, okay, I'll, I'll buy. It. You know, yeah. so definitely be, any any striker that can actually shoot the ball. Damola has already scouted Isak. Yeah, I don't yeah. want. Isak. I like go Isak. with Isak. Go I, I with like Isak. Him. I like him, but again, he's one of those fifty-fifties. Like he may bang, he may not bang, but. What his tangibles, what he does off the ball, his movement, the way he presses, I really like that about him. Mm. It's just, it's a, it's a chance that we may just get him and he may end up being a younger Aubameyang, which is everything off the ball. It looks like he has more technical quality than Aubameyang, to be fair. I know well, he... So here's the thing, Let, let's give Oba credit in the sense that there are things Oba versus last season has improved on. Oba presses a lot better. He can run now. Mm. As well. He learned how to run he, around. Yeah. Well, well, it's not that simple. But he knows when to press and not when to press. And the way Ateta plays football, that is very necessary. He's improved on mm. that a lot, right? Also, his hold-up play has improved. He's playing through the center exclusively. And his hold-up play has improved necessarily. Improved, which is good. Still not good enough to be good hold-up play. No. Is it Benzema good? No. Is it better than what it was last season? Oh. Yes. It's better than last season. I, I understand the, like, taking the point of view that he's making improvements as a player. I would say that those improvements are not good enough for a 33-year-old man. We don't have time for our life. No. Yep. No, I don't disagree with that. He's making improvements in parts of his game. But the one part we need him to do, he hasn't been doing well, which is hey, like, come on, man, come on, he's, Oba. No, man. And I guess I really like Oba. I like I like him as for the last what four years, at least two and a half of that, he's been the person carrying the entire club on his back. At least, and he, he had a very last season was not good for Oba. There's no way to put it. There yeah. was a mix of yeah. personal yeah. stuff. Yeah. There was a mix of personal yeah. stuff, but I also think Arsenal generally was not good last season. So that also reflected on him. And he could not do the carrying he had been doing. This season is the one that's a bit tricky, right? Because although attacking wise and creating chances, it's not like we're back to like Wenger levels of free flowing football attacking wise. But it is better than last did. season. But that's, that's my issue is we're not creating a, number, a lot of chances. That's clear. So if we're going to progress, and then when we spoke about this on the last episode, we said if we're going to do well, if we're going to beat United, 
all of these things. We spoke about this. We said Obama Yang needs to play well, he needs to stop this shit that he's doing at the moment and start playing well because you and this is why we you know go on to the topic of signing Isaac and all of that because we know that we need mm. an elite striker. And brother, the guy's confidence is like below ground level. Yeah, that's you know another I mean? thing too. And I don't. And- with the confidence thing, I don't think Arteta is helping at all. Like oh, this would... last thing of him, we I really did not need to know that there was a disciplinary thing because the disciplinary thing is BS. Exactly. Like, like this this thing with him being left out of the squad, you could say that by the technicality of the law, he was late, right? And I get that. And if that is what your intangible is, or sorry, non-negotiable is, I guess is your non-negotiable. <laughs> But you coming to tell me about it was so not necessary. This is something that could have been handled internally and always in the squad for next game. We didn't need to know, like, this did not need, you did not need to tell us there was a disciplinary thing. And I did not need a follow-up article from David Ornstein on this disciplinary thing. You needed to go, this is where you should have gone old school, man. If this was Wenger or Fergie, we will not even hear about this. Oba is missing from the team. Oh, the player Facts. was doing not well. Today. But he should, exactly. But he should be good for the next game. That's it. Dead it right there and then. It will not even be a conversation in the media because everyone's like, oh, the coach has said he was ill. The players will know that's not the case. The people who work at the club will know that's not the case. But at least it's resolved internally. And whatever chastisement you are doing, you are doing it internally. Like, yo... They're missing the game. Everybody at the club knows why you're missing the game and knows that's your punishment. But the rest of the world, it doesn't need to happen in public. And that's my irritation. Like, I'm happy we won, like, without Oba, but it's Southampton, I don't reach them. But we won. We played well, especially in the second half. But Asheta's man management of this situation has not been good. And that's something I think he has struggled with as a coach. He came into the club. And he said, okay, I need to offload a lot of these players, right? I need to get rid of Ozil and stuff. And so I get that. You need to do what you think is best for yourself and your team and the way you want to go forward. But the way you did that is so... It leaves a lot to be desired, right? And mm. I guess that's also mm. something... Well, and probably that's a fault of who you learned from. You learned from Pep. That's a problem Pep had too, initially. Is later on in his career, he got better at that. So I guess it's something Jörg, he's going to learn. But Omo, I, I don't want these rookie mistakes with my club. Make so much. When you put it like that, like if Pep, if, you know, hypothetical world, Pep came to manage Arsenal, Oba would be one of the first people to go, bro. Yeah, but there's, okay, I'll put it this way. There's a way to handle your captain and a star player when he's not performing, especially when he's performed heavily in the past. Yeah. versus you coming to tell me in the media, yeah, we dropped him. Now all the talk is mm. over be stripped of captaincy. Exactly. And that's not necessary for this situation. Now, it's a different thing if it was like a completely different situation. Maybe like he did something completely terrible. But with this situation, it was like, yo, man went to see his mom and there was a miscommunication about where his COVID test would be valid. He got COVID tested, PCR in France. He was negative and thought he was good to come for training. Turns out because of prime regulations, probably that wasn't the case. That's a miscommunication. 
it's not as if he wasn't there for training Thursday morning. It's not like, so some of those like little semantics, it's like, yo, handle this thing internally. We don't need to hear about it, right? And the thing you were saying about Pep, right? Like, oh, for example, if Pep was Arsenal's managers, um, about one of the, be the first people, he'll probably be looking like, yo, are you ready to perform or we need to move you? I get that. But I will also raise you the way Pep handled Bernardo Silva at the beginning of the season. Remember, it was like, oh, Bernardo is about to leave for... Yes, yes. Look at who is City's best player now. Yeah, we all knew that. You listen to Pep when he talks to the media. Bernardo was the lead. No, but Bernardo wasn't playing. He wasn't... No, no, no. Bernardo was was agitated. Very similar to Sterling's agitation at the moment, actually. Bernardo wasn't getting games. Yeah. So he wanted to go. So it's, there's know, a way you handle a player who has performed for you in the past, but for some reason, either it's not part of your plans or it's not performing the way you want or there's something not working. There's a way you handle those players, especially when that player is your captain. Ateta has shown that he still has work to do. Yes, he's a, bad, he's a bad man manager. He's a bad man. I, I personally think there's a rift um, between him and Obama Young that borders on a personal something between both of them. I already know that they have like fundamental differences in their core values. So Arteta is a strict authoritarian, disciplinarian, you know, very rigid personality. And um, Obama Young, on the other hand, is just this, you know, bolting star, star boy player. Yeah, Obama is a you know, carefree guy. Like He's a carefree guy. You know, you know, like... He's a happy guy. He's a flexible guy. Exactly. Someone that has a mohawk, or you know, I, I mean, Aubameyang is a flashy guy, and I think maybe there's just a uh, what do you call it? There's a it fundamental rift stuff. between, yeah. yeah, between between him and Ateta, and um, maybe 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 he should not be Ateta's captain. You know, obviously Ateta came and met him as a captain, and maybe Ateta is maybe this is part of Ateta's move to you know make create his own team even though I'm not so sure whether that's the right way to go about it, because I know Aubameyang was winning Arteta points last season. Aubameyang kept Arteta in the job yeah. last season. Aubameyang is the only reason Arteta has a job, now, to be very honest. The the magic he did for those first 12 months when Arteta was appointed, that's the only reason mm. Arteta is still here. So it, it's one of those things where I actually don't know what best to handle, because I agree with Ifato. I think there's a fundamental difference in the way both of them approach football. Right, Oba seems like he's a very like his general personality is very free. He's very happy, laughy type personality. Yep. Uh, but like when it's time to play, he knows what he needs to do. He will play to the best of his ability. He's very on the pitch, but he likes to be very happy, very smile on his face with football. Versus, I think Ateta would like someone like a Roy Keane or a Vieira, where it's like, oh, on that picture, we go to die. That, that type of mentality to football, like almost treating it yeah. like a job. Right. <laughs> it's just not that deep for Obama Young. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oba, Oba, to me, Oba is one of those guys that he's almost like a fan, right? It's like if a fan had the opportunity to play football, you do it because you're happy. Like it's not as if you don't know it's a job, but at the end of the day, you're doing it mainly because you enjoy playing football. There are yes. lots of guys who play football like this is my nine to five. They treat it with that level of seriousness, like everything would die if I'm not operating on the line like this. And for by is not that serious. It doesn't mean he um he can't work with Ateta, but I think fundamentally Ateta doesn't know how to work with someone like that. 
from the looks of them. Yeah, I mean, you can blame the manager for the player being late and him sticking to the rules that he has given. No, you can actually look. But the he wasn't late. It's, listen, the web is like sir, the, sir, the sir, you're giving me semantics vibes, sir. They had an agreement. Oba decided, no, I'm going to change the agreement, but that's okay. Because sorry, did Oba decide he's not going? And for context, sorry, I know we've been talking about this. On the David Austin article about this, the agreement was Oba will go see his mom, his sick mom, who he had, which was one of the personal issues he had last season. He'll go see his sick mom in France Wednesday morning and come back with her Wednesday evening. For some reason, which wasn't clear in the article, he could not make it back Wednesday evening, but he made it Thursday morning in time for the training, which is why he did his COVID test in France. That little thing there is what the semantics that they used to say actually know about. Because you were late and there were some COVID implications behind it, disciplinary action, which to me is bull. You could say from a theta standpoint, that's like a non-negotiable, but come on. Did you know that while he was in France, he also got a tattoo? No, that happened in the UK. And apparently that was scheduled. The, the, is it within this week, Sha? Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it was in the Austin article. The tattoo wasn't like... It this was is all Arteta's fault. Man. Yeah, exactly. How, like, how am I even knowing that Abawaya got a tattoo? Like, ex- I, I like I, I said... I fucked that part up, but I don't think we should be too mad. Ultimately, I had a decision to leave him out. How he has handled it afterwards... Maybe not the best. The I decision to leave him out, I guess. Yes, it's fine. But just the way you, de- you handle it. Why are you telling everyone that, oh, disciplinary action, disciplinary breach? We did not breach. need to know. We did not need to You know, know. <laughs> I handle your shit internally. Don't bring the world into it, really. Yeah, you know, Because you're not protecting the player. Exactly. It doesn't do you well in the long run. So it's well, unnecessary. Because at the end of the day, right, this is your captain. You need him to trust you, right? And you need because at the end of the day, whether I like it or not, he's someone the younger players, your Smith Row, your Saka, and a lot of your players are probably very good with and like will look up to. So if there's a role with him, it would affect the mood of the dressing room materially. So it's like for better or for worse, you have to find a way to protect your players while being firm. So yes, drop him if you feel that deeply that that miscommunication warrants a drop fine drop him the details about disciplinary and stuff we did not need to know i did not need to know i did not want to be having this conversation on three in a row about this this wasn't necessary um i mean on that note like this is this is where the episode ends on that brilliant piece of advice um thank you for tuning in thank you guys for uh doing the recording as well um any last words for your fans (laughs) Chelsea fix up to. Uh, bro, that was exactly what I was going to say. Let's see Chelsea are struggling. Like, you want are struggling, <laughs> struggling. <laughs> uh, no, let's see. It'll be all right, man. Up. It's going to be a big two weeks. Let's see where they get to between now and the next episode. It could either be a crisis episode or um, one of those two channels going to take in. Um, till then, though. Yeah, Lukaku could better wake up, sure. <laughs> big room with the American accent. <laughs> Way. Um, to, to one another because I don't think we're going to have an episode between now and Christmas so 